0: Today on Locked on A's, we are talking about the Howard Terminal votes, which isn't as important as the BCDC vote, but it was still monumental, and I'll get into why. We're also talking about the A's taking two of three from the Blue Jays, Who would have thought that win of the week and the return of the Locked On A's podcast would get the A's on track? The A's are now surging towards a playoff berth, only 17 and a half back of that final wild card spot held by the Blue Jays, who they just took two out of three from. Let's get into it. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, Ace fans, and welcome to episode 423 of the Locked On Ace Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, we're going over the big vote that happened at around 11 o'clock on Tuesday night. That was, yeah, Tuesday night. My days are all wonky now. Uh, Schedules are changing. I was up late listening to a Zoom meeting. So that was fun. Uh, We're also going to be talking about the Blue Jays series because the Blue Jays suck. Let's talk about it. And uh, also some some standout performances. Ramon Laureano was solid. Cole Irvin was solid. James Caprillion gave up a home run to his best friend. But other than that, he was solid. So we're going to talk about some guys. Uh, but that's all we got for today's episode. And also today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On A's listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes Engagement, engagement. Are you getting engaged? Here you go. I got you covered. Use code locked on at checkout. But let's get into the big news, and that is the the votes that didn't really matter. I guess is how we're gonna phrase it. Uh, they went down on Tuesday night. It was basically a vote. By the City Council Rules Committee that was going to determine whether or not the public, uh, you and I, Oakland residents, would be able to vote on the Howard Terminal Project. I am now an Oakland uh, citizen, so uh, I get to vote on this thing. And I was listening very intently and figuring out who I wanted to be my next mayor, because a lot of these people are running for mayor. Because Libby Schaaf is, uh, her term's going to be up. So, uh, fun news. for I'm getting into Oakland city politics. Good times. But this was... It was brought forth by Noel Gaio, who is District 3, I believe. Um, He's one of the districts, and uh, he was like, hey, I think the people should have their voices heard. And he's been, if you've listened to any, if you've turned in to any of these Zoom meetings, you know that he's kind of full of crap, and he's not going to change his tune. He's very, I don't know, stick to it. He's stubborn. He's a very stubborn guy. He doesn't try to learn anything. He's like, oh, I, I still think after all of these years that the A's should just build the Coliseum, um, which isn't an option. No, just just throw on that. It's not going to happen. Stop. How about we adjust? How about we, you know, the A's have come to the table a little bit. The city has come to the table a little bit. Progress is being made. And he's like, nah, I'm going to vote against this because I really think that the A should just build the Coliseum. End of story. That's my, that's my take. That's all I'm going to put into this. And I'm not going to learn anything else about this project. And so he's kind of trying to torpedo the project. And uh, this is a really bad attempt at trying to torpedo it because these officials were elected to make these decisions, to do what is best for the city of Oakland. And uh, this is what they're doing. And that's kind of what some of them said. Uh, Lauren Taylor, who was running for mayor, I believe, uh, I believe he is the District 4? I don't know. I'm learning. He's great. I liked what I heard from him, and uh, I had only learned his name a few days ago. So, good good for Lauren Taylor. He's, he's high on my, my power rankings list of mayoral candidates because... He said that uh, the proposition and the, the wording of what they wanted to put onto the ballots for the voters to choose from was just worded stupidly, and it was bad. And uh, it seemed like a just a bad idea. And he was just, he was calling it what it was. And that was nice. Um, some other council members, you know, did express some concern. Uh, Dan Kalb, I believe was, uh, I believe that's his name. Um, he was saying that he wanted to make sure that, you know, Oakland is not left with the bag if this project does fail. He wants to make sure that the A's are the stopping point. I agree with that. That's fine. Make that happen. Yes, but he still voted against this measure, which was good for the Howard Terminal project in general. And I'll get into that a little bit more in the second half here. And so there, there was just there, there was some apprehension, but they nobody really wanted to be like, yeah, uh, Noel Gallo, you're the guy. Let's stay in with him, except for uh, Councilmember Fife. Who was like, yeah, I, and she seemed like she was doing okay. So it was an interesting meeting. Uh, it did not pass. It was uh, two yes, one abstain, four no's. It didn't. It didn't go through. So w- we don't get to vote on this in November, which is probably a good thing. And here's here's why I think uh, it's because timing. Timing is a big thing for the Oakland days. The reason that they are, you know, doing the parallel path thing and they're looking at Vegas is because. They, you've heard it from Dave Cavill so many times we're running out of time and to a degree it's true yes uh the the lease with the Coliseum does run out in 2024 they're not going to have a ballpark by then no matter where they go whether it's Vegas or here it doesn't matter they're, they're going to have to get an extension or play somewhere else for a couple of years no matter what so in that regard yes time is an issue but also It's going to be an issue anyway. They're going to have to figure something out anyway. Why not? It could last a couple more years. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. So the A's are pushed up against the clock, as they would have you believe. And so moving this, basically, if the public was allowed to vote on this measure, one, there's a lot of disinformation out there. And just looking up uh, who was voting on on Tuesday, what what the the thing was called, which is the city rules uh, committee. City Council Rules Committee, uh, there was a, a website that just had a bunch of misinformation uh, on that about the entire project. And so uh, there's misinformation everywhere. And it's going to be hard. It would be hard for the A's and the City Council or, you know, Libby shaft to combat that uh, on a on a wide scale. And a lot of people that were urging uh, the people that called in were urging them to vote. Yes. We're like, oh, pff, people can do their own research. It's not that hard, you guys they and one of them was like a professor at berkeley or something um that they were like very specialized in this realm and they were like yeah everybody knows this stuff i'm like no you are very specialized in what is going on here and you don't want it to happen And you're also wrong. Um, So leaving it to the public and having a vote is always something that is very, very important. But in in this specific circumstance, when so much legwork has been done over the last couple of years by the city council, where they know the ins and outs, and also there's no deal to vote on yet, um, I think that it's important that they do the legwork. And then if they need to let the city vote, that's probably the best move Moving forward here, which is another thing that Dan Kelp said, they could have a special election to vote yay or nay if, you know, they're a little bit iffy on it. But, um, you know, if they meet the if the A's meet the demands of the city council, it's all good. But uh, I got more on this coming up in just a minute. But first, whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, clarity, as well as the setting style. When I was choosing a a ring for my wife, I knew that she wanted a princess cut, but I still wanted to make sure that that ring was going to be special, and that is something that BlueNile.com can do for you. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com, and Locked On A's listeners get $50 off of purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings use code locked on that is code locked on plus every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that will not give away what's inside if you want to pop a big question and you don't want to give away uh, you know what you're doing beforehand discreet packaging love that great touch blue nile shop stress-free and find your forever peace go to blue nile.com today Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media, at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And, uh, you know, you can email us at LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com if you would like to. But I also started uh, one of those Twitter communities. Uh, so... Follow us in the Twitter community and just post your mailbag questions in there, too. That'd be great. Uh, also, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Videos are coming back shortly, so get excited. But uh, let's, let's pick up where I left off with Howard Terminal and the timeline and all that stuff. Um, if the A's had to wait until November to get a yay or nay on whether or not they were going to continue, that could have really put the entire project in jeopardy, I think. Because what are you going to do up until November? Not much. I mean, you could, like, get some proposals together and, like, really try and push everything through in that last couple of months of the year, but they really, 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 really would like to have a a good idea of whether or not they're going to be able to build at Howard Terminal by the end of this year. That is, what, five and a half months? Six months, maybe? No, five. let's call it five months. I don't know if how to include July, so screw it. Five months. That's what they got. And according to Casey Pratt in his... Uh, his Twitter room yesterday, um space, his Twitter space. Uh, he held one after the, the final vote. He was saying it feels like they need to have all of the, like their proposal ready by September at the latest, so that everybody can look at it for a couple of months and then they can get that vote that they do want by the end of the year. And if you know we were gonna be voting on the Oakland residents were gonna be voting on this, that would not be the case. So I think that Las Vegas is a ploy, but it's a ploy that they are using where they will leave if it's not working out in Oakland or they're not getting the deal that they want or blah, 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 blah. But- I do think that Oakland is the number one choice by a decent margin. I'm just not sure how much leeway John Fisher is going to be having uh, with the city council and the city of Oakland and, you know, just staying in Oakland when he could just go get this money and not have to pay for an entire ballpark by himself uh, over in Vegas. So, but he does have roots here. That's something else that Casey Pratt pointed out. Uh, Him, Billy Bean, everybody has roots here that's with the organization. Nobody has roots in Vegas. Sure, there's money over there, but... Oh, well, he can make money here at Howard Terminal, probably more money at Howard Terminal, even though he'd have to pay, you know, a billion dollars for his ballpark. But still, he's probably making more money on the waterfront where he's from and also the Gap's here. That's the business that he was born into. Uh, of course, he wants to stay here at the Gap Old Navy, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I think that the timeline for, for the A's timeline, this needed to happen. That It needed to be kept off of the ballot in November. And... You can argue whether or not that's good for democracy and all that and whether or not you agree with that for sure. Um, Because in most cases, I would say, yes, we should be able to vote on this. But at the same time, uh, I know that there are a lot of people that are not paying attention right now. And, uh, you know, I I vote every election. And I know that I sometimes uh, do not do as much due diligence on some of the, you know, little things that are up for debate, as I do for like the big, like the mayoral election, or you know the senators or the president or something like that. Um, so I could see this one slipping through the cracks for a lot of people, and uh, not necessarily being one that they give their due diligence. So I think that the city council knows what they're doing, except for Nolgayo, and God, that guy, that <laughs> I'm sure he's done good. I'll probably do a a Noel Gallo, uh special. At some point and be like, here's some nice things that he's done for Oakland. But uh, this has been our exposure to Noel Gallo, uh, has been this process and he has put forth zero effort. So it's been a lot of fun. But uh, I also just wanted to touch on something that I was seeing a lot on social media uh, when the B.C.D.C. vote came down, look at me, I'm getting B.C.D.C. right all the time. Boom. Um, you read it a couple times and it helps. But uh, <laughs> and that was, you know, it's the same old days. Nothing's going to come of this, blah, 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 blah. And I don't know that that's true. Um, this does feel a little bit different and that the city is definitely trying to work, especially just this vote over here on, on Tuesday night, which was a non-binding vote if um If it was going to be on the ballot, it was non-binding. They didn't have to do what the public said, which is wild. Uh, Why even have the vote? Which is another point that uh, Lauren Taylor made. But it's non-binding. We don't have to do what they say, so who cares? But I see them turning down or voting no on Tuesday night as a sign that they are, in fact, trying to work towards the Howard Terminal Project and getting, hopefully, a yes vote. Or, you know, working towards, like, finding out what the there is there. And uh, because it could be a very, very good thing for the city of Oakland and also the A's, obviously. Um, And they want to see if it is something that they want to invest in. And, you know, all the details that go into that financially and otherwise. And it it feels like this is a little bit different. And I will say I, I did not pay attention to when the Warriors left. I they were moving across the street. Basically. I'm sure they're in San Francisco. Now I wasn't going to a lot of warriors games anyway, so it didn't really impact me. Uh, the Raiders left and they, you know, I, I know that the city is still paying for Mount Davis and that's stupid, but I was also like nine when that happened. So I didn't have any part in that. So this would be my first time, you know, actually participating in something sports team related. And, uh, you know, I'm paying a little bit more attention. Also, it's the A's, and I love the A's, so there's a big difference. But I, the, the Raiders, when they left, I'm like, yeah, if they leave, whatever. I don't really watch football that much, so I didn't pay a lot of attention to that one either. And so maybe that's where some of the negativity on Twitter, or you know, maybe it's just Twitter, uh, is coming from from A's fans. Is hey, same old A's, nothing's coming to fruition with this. It's you know, same old song and dance from John Fisher and all that, and. I don't know that that's the case. This one does feel a little bit different. They are making more progress. This is more progress than they've made with any of their other proposals. Lady College was dead in two weeks. They just said, no, we're not selling. What? No. So that was silly. And that was, you know, Dave Cavill's fault or the A's or John Fisher or whoever you want to blame. That, that was their fault. That was not the city. The city is working right now on this project, uh, as well as so many other projects. These people are tired. They, they spent 11 hours in a meeting because Noel Gaio was like, hey, I got an idea. How about we waste everybody's time? Um, that wasn't cool. Noel, not a fan. <laughs> think, think of your coworkers better. Um, and then also there was, you know, Fremont, and that wasn't even the A's fault. That was the Giant's fault. They just assumed that the Giants would be like, yeah, you can move there. That's cool. Uh, and that didn't happen. And then it took a whole investigation by Major League Baseball and all that. It. it took a lot of work to get a no on that one. So is it the same old days? No. This this is a project where if they dot the I's and cross the T's and do their work and put forth some effort, they can build at Howard Terminal. They, they are making headway there. So I don't think that it's same old song and dance. Is it going to happen? Not 100%. No. I'd probably put it at like 80% right now. There's still so many pitfalls for this project, and it just takes one, really. So, as you know, Dave Cavill and Casey uh, Pratt have said on Twitter, uh, it's basically playoff baseball. You got to keep winning in order to keep advancing, and there are so many more games to play right now. So that's where we are with the A's stadium situation, but. Coming up on the show, let's talk some baseball. I mean, obviously, the biggest thing for the A's this year is Howard Terminal and trying to get some shovels in the dang ground. But, you know, let's talk some baseball, too. This is a baseball podcast. This is an A's podcast, so that's why we started off with two segments of uh, Howard Terminal. But let's talk about the A's and their absolute beatdown in two out of three games of the Toronto Blue Jays, who now suck at baseball. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts that you need. Wind are often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket you can save time and money with Rock Auto. You know that, you've listened to me say this hundreds of times, rockauto.com, save time, save money. And Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers online for 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer because some some of these auto parts stores, they're charging 30, 50, or even 100% more than you can get those same parts for at Rock Auto. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. You guys are enjoying the show. Make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Give us a five-star review on Spotify. I saw 4.7 over there. Not okay. Make it a five or closer to a five. Um, also, uh, follow us on social media at On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to lockedonathletics at gmail.com. But let's talk just real quick about the A's taking 2 3 from Toronto. Obviously, it's weird to record a, yeah, we did it, uh, when they lost the last game of the series, which happened to be today. Uh, James Caprillion and... and- let's actually let's only talk about the fact that I picked this game, the Wednesday game with James Caprillion going against Jose Barrios as the A's win of the week. And thus far it is the only game that they have lost. So maybe that's going to be the recurring theme of this new segment. Win of the week. <laughs> that's still me saying it every time. You <laughs> need to clip that audio for real, but um I really thought that they would get more out of off of Jose Barrios. James Capralian was fantastic, and I liked seeing him and Matt Chapman go mono e mono Because uh, you know, if you are unfamiliar, uh, Matt Chapman got married over the winter or over the the off season, and James Capralian was the efficient for the wedding. He did the you know if you know you go to uh, weddings at a mass, uh, he was like the the priest. He he married them, and so that was pretty cool. And uh you know then they got to face each other and he uh in the first at bat Matt Chapman flew out to center and then he kind of like gave him a look like eh, okay okay he, he threw two uh, fastballs outside and then did a little curveball action which I'm pretty sure Matt Chapman knew was coming and uh yeah so that was that was fun but for me Cole Irvin was fantastic and I got more on him in tomorrow's episode he was he was really 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 good and uh he went 8 innings uh one run allowed Four hits, zero walks, and struck out four. He was just utterly fantastic. And last year, he went eight innings twice. He hasn't done it this season. He went eight innings twice last year, and one of those games happened to be against the Blue Jays at the Coliseum last May when he went eight innings, gave up three hits, a run, a walk, and struck out nine. So the big difference between these two starts is that he struck out way more people in the last time he faced them in May. Well, not the last time he faced them, but in the May start from last year. Um... I'm, I've am i got so much to talk about with his pitch mix because uh, it's been really good and interesting and weird. Uh, I, some of it's his fastball, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, he was throwing more fastballs than he did last year against the same team. And he had more success, which he tried to do in his, sec- in his second start against the Blue Jays last year. And he went two and two-thirds innings and gave up a b- bunch of runs. Uh, that one was in Toronto, and that's when the A's imploded and uh, stopped being good. So that was Fun, but uh, with his start, he had now ha- on uh, Monday night he now has a 3.35 ERA, which is good for 33rd among qualified pitchers. That is just ahead of Zach Gallen uh, and you know of the Arizona Diamondbacks, and just behind Jamison Tyone in New York. Uh, it's also better than Chris Bassett and Sean Mania, Uh Which I don't mean that to slander them. I mean that because you know those names, and he's been better than them, and that is surprising to me because Cole Irvin again was acquired for cash from Philadelphia, and uh, it's working out very, very well for Cole Irvin and the A's, that's been fun. He's been fantastic this season, but I'll get into how and why uh, on tomorrow's show just because he's he's been fun. The other main standout from this series had to be Ramon Laureano, though. In this series, he went three for seven with two homers, two RBI, four walks, a hit by pitch, which we all remember, and uh, he, he struck out a couple times, and he scored five runs. Ramon was a, a one-man wrecking crew in this series, and you gotta hope and think that he is just getting ready and getting primed for the weekend series against the Houston Astros. you love to see it from Ramon Laureano. And I said that I wouldn't talk trades in this, this coming back week, but he is playing better, and Philadelphia could definitely use an outfielder that could play, or anybody who could play some defense, especially an outfielder, and Ramon Laureano is uh, doing it with the bat right now. He's doing fairly well on the season overall, but he's he's really starting to heat up right now. Um, in his last seven games, he's hitting .292 with a .433 on base. He has four homers and six RBI with five walks, nine strikeouts. He's been pretty solid. So is he working himself into being trade bait? Uh, you would think that if a team comes with the right offer he could be available if he does get moved I could see that also being in the offseason or you know trade deadline next year they got him for some time so they don't have to trade Ramon Laureano right now and he is one of the only guys on the team that uh you know doesn't cost a lot of money and the fans do enjoy so maybe you keep him around for that I don't know but uh the A's won two out of three that's fantastic and I I jinxed it. I I definitely jinxed it by saying that the win of the week, win of the week, would come on Wednesday. It didn't. It came on Monday and on Tuesday. Adrian Martinez pitched well. Uh, He wasn't Great, but he pitched well enough to get the win, so good job from Adrian Martinez. He's two and one on the season in you know three starts. Uh let, let's see if he stays in the rotation. That's gonna be something to keep an eye out on. Nick Allen was great with the glove on Wednesday, and he, as he always says, he was just fantastic with the glove in general. Uh the A's for for a brief moment in time kept hope alive. They were 16 and a half back for the third wildcard spot after taking the first two games from Toronto and then uh then then they lost the last game and now they're seven an insurmountable 17 and a half games back 16 and a half manageable 17 and a half insurmountable so uh you know eh, A's baseball in 2022 what you're going to do but that's all that I got for you guys today thank you so much for making locked on A's your first listen Every day on the next episode, we're talking about Cole Irvin and the uh, the differences in his pitch mix from last year to this year and what's leading to his success. So now go make your second lesson locked on MLB prospects because host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. And, you know, there's an MLB draft coming up and I'm pretty sure he's talking about that. So go over there. Give Lindsay a a subscribe on his YouTube. He's getting close to 1,000, so please go do that. Uh, his podcast is free and available wherever you like to get podcasts. But that's all for me today, you guys. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans. And I will talk at you tomorrow.